Ships. Now there's still no word on the field for the virus. Report suspicious activity in the call 911. <laughs> Welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, the podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, manga, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your host, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other host, Woody Brown. God, that is the worst, but oh, how I've missed it. <laughs> I know, I was about to say, it's been, it's been a good while. Uh, so, I, I just want to get into it. Um, and I know right out of, you're... Right out of the gate, huh? I know that you're immediately going to make fun of me, but it turns out that job that came in, oh, total, yeah. total scam. No. <laughs> total scam. Are you serious? Oh, man. No way, dude. Yeah, dude, it sucks. So, no way, dude. Yeah, yeah. And what's really interesting is just before I got on, I started getting these, like, calls. Well, let me me fill you, just do sort of an overview. So, basically, as the listeners know, I'm a comic book artist, illustrator, graphic designer, yada, yada, yada. So, I would say 99% of jobs that come true come through are just people like reaching out either to my Instagram or my website and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's not like it's not like there's going to be a red flag if I get something. You know, this is like a normal part of my job. And mm-hmm. so this woman reached out super legit. I 100% bought into it. Her name was Alana Lamb. So, by the way, if if any of you artists out there, if you hear of a lady named Alana Lamb, just run. Mm. It was, it, I mean, super legit, though. So, the lady reached out. She said that she's doing this, some sort of, like, pandemic response, and she needed some artwork. I mean, it was down to the, like, you know, I need eight pages. We're willing to spend this amount per page. You know, she's talking about like backgrounds and the amount of line work and like would it be digital coloring or or analog and like like super to you know to a T. Like nothing no red flags at all. So she says, Hey, we're gonna do this, da 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 da. And then, you know, we can overnight you a check in the mail and you know, then you can get started. And again, she's not asking anything about the check. It was just sort of like, Hey, you know, we'd like to uh, you know, you have a month and a half from now, but we'd like you to kind of get on this as soon as possible. So, because there's going to be revisions and and changes and and that kind of thing. So, overnights me the check, and you know I didn't cash it or upload it because it was a pretty big amount until the following Monday. Well, I go to the bank, and it's a cashier's check, which to me I, I don't you know I didn't think that was anything weird. Usually my stuff is like paid digitally, but you know, I mean, I know that people use cashier's checks. So I take it to the bank and I hand it to the lady, the bank teller. And she's like, 
Hmm. Let me ask you a couple questions. And thank God that I ran into this lady because at first I was a little put off. I'm just like, come on, lady. Like, this is like, you know, it's 2023. All my business pretty much comes from the internet, you know. She's asking these questions. She's like, do you know this lady? And I kind of explained the situation. Uh, you know, she's works for this company that's like for the hearing impaired. I did all the LinkedIn stuff. She's got like, you know, thousands of like connections on there. This corporation is like legit. I did kind of all my background research and it all lined up pretty good, you know, even down to like the the cell phone number that I was given, you know, I did like a reverse or like a reverse lookup or whatever. And it's, it's with her name. And so the bank teller is asking me questions. She's like, you know, when did you get this? Was it overnighted to you? And she kind of explains the deal. She's like, yeah, basically this is kind of a scam. And the only reason that I'm saying this is because it's gotten to the point where if we see a cashier's check with a pretty substantial amount of money, you know, our red flags kind of go up. And I'm just thinking like, there's no way. There's no way that this is like, you know, I'm not going to be scammed. Yeah. This is way too detailed. Because it's like also what what's like their immediate benefit is kind of hard for me to figure out. Yeah, well, well, so I'll tell you. So, and this is this is why it was weird for me at that time, when I'm talking to Cheryl at the bank, which again, thanks Cheryl, you were awesome. She says, "Okay, so did you did you agree to a certain amount and then is this check more than that amount?" And I was like, "No, this is exactly, you know, sort of a page rate kind of deal, eight pieces of art, you know, this amount of money, good to go." And she's like, "Well, I want to protect you and I want to protect us. And so I'm going to put a freeze on this. But I'm, in the meantime, I'm going to reach out to this other bank. I'm going to do all this other stuff on her end. And if you haven't heard from me by Friday, then everything's good to go. You're on the up and up. But if there is something weird, then I'll reach out to you. I'll call you back. This is the so, banker. Yeah, the banker. Yeah, the bank teller. Cheryl. Uh, so... I leave, and I'm just kind of like, man, that, that was weird. You know, but that was it. Well, <laughs> around the following day, I, oh, oh, here's, here's another thing, too. She says, she said, did they ask for, like, a proof of deposit? And I said, yeah, but, you know, that's, like, I've had people do that before, you know, for, like, I guess their records and stuff. And she's like, well, just in case, you know, if you take a picture and send for your records, like they've asked, she's like, make sure you take out, you know, if you want to pull it into Photoshop or whatever, make sure that you take out, because, you know, it shows the last four digits of your of your account number. Mm-hmm. And she said, make sure that's not on there. Make sure these other couple things aren't on there when you send it. And I was like, okay, cool, which I would never have known that. And so I did that. Everything was cool. The lady, Alana, that I've been dealing with was like, Thanks for the update. Sounds great. You know, if if you want to get started today, that would be that would be cool, blah blah blah. So then the following day, I wake up to a text message saying the the sponsor that it, that I'm working with is only going through you know, only going through with the first half of the phase because it was kind of it was broken up into two parts. It was like one month and then the next month. So four pieces for the first month, four pieces for the last month. And she said, you know, unfortunately, 
he's had his partner passed away, and so he's not going to be able to complete the second half. So if you would, you know, if you could wire the rest back, and Here immediately I was like, okay, yep, gosh, dude. Cheryl nailed it, dude. That that's exactly that's the only scam that I was aware of. Yeah, right. Yours was just so much more in depth, dude. I'm telling you, man, that's it's that's, that's uh, it's crafty. That's pristine. Now, on our end, we can mm-hmm. kind of like make sure all of that gets reported, right? And well, yes. Yeah, so she we're reached out. Reverse engineer. I'm about to email this lady. And do yeah, the same yeah, thing yeah. And say, hey, well, I yeah, they kind of got pissed off. So so she reached out to the, the bank. Got pissed? Yeah, sort of. Okay, well, good, good. so so in the meantime, Cheryl reached out to this bank where this cashier's check came from, the the cashier's check completely fraudulent. And she's like, it was so impressive though. It had like all of the watermarks, all of this stuff, all of this stuff, the little like hollow foil thing, super legit, but it's not even, they don't even use that kind of check anymore for their cashier's checks. So that was pretty crazy. So then this Alana lady starts reaching out, and she's like, you know, can you do this? And I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not wiring anything. She's like, well, you know, I'm just trying to keep keep things on the level with the sponsor, and, you know, this is what he's asked. You know, would you feel more comfortable doing it through... And she names, like, these other, like, websites, I guess, that you you can, like, sort of transfer money with. One was Cash App, and then the other one was, like, like Zelle or something weird. I'd never heard of it, but yeah. Um, no, I've heard, I've heard of that stuff. I don't, dude. I hate all of those things. Hey, yeah, you can I know. Me, I'm like, no, I can't. Yeah, I don't do that either. I mean, I do. I do a lot of PayPal because that's that's usually yeah. how I get paid. But yeah, yeah. And so the scam is basically this. The scam is they. Uh, Here, let, let let me explain this. Yeah, yeah. Get in there. Okay, so typically what'll happen is they're going to send you an overpayment. Right. Right. Exactly. So whatever it is, let's just say the job invoice is for 10,000. They mm-hmm. send you sometimes it's not even like a large difference. Sometimes it'll be like exactly you know, uh, 10,750 or mm-hmm. $1100, right? Yep. And then you deposit that while mm-hmm. that check is being processed cuz as you know, folks listening are probably old enough to know and remember this antiquated almost uh, method of doing things, but the bank has to basically confirm that the funds exist, right? And so that takes mm-hmm. a, a little while to happen. Yeah. During that time period, the scammer then comes up with some reason like, oh, I just noticed that we overpaid you. Do you mind like, you know, cutting me a check for that difference and, you know, we'll be good to go. Or, or time, wiring it back. Yeah, to, wire it back to me, yeah. whatever. Most of the time, and if you wire it, you know, you can't cancel a wire. It's instant, right? So mm-hmm. most of the time, people don't catch it. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. It's the, it's the classic. This is the evolution of it used to be, hi, I'm a Nigerian prince. <laughs> yeah, and, right. And, and, you know, people in their, and this is the early days of email. Yeah. We'll get scammed. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, man, you've won a hefty sum. Mm-hmm. All you have to do for us to make sure that we're sending it to the right account is send us, you know, one, I don't know. And and so they would be able to like sort of, that that was the early days of quote unquote phishing. Which, which by the way, that, that stuff still happens a lot to like the elderly, which is like extremely shitty and low. And, but, but, you know, that they, they don't, they don't know any better. So they're thinking, wow, like 
you know, I, I don't know this person. I don't know why any person that I don't know would be trying to like scam me or harm me or, you know, so it's like, but, but this is so smart, which I never would have fallen for sending anything back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, especially like that. Remember when we first talked about it? I was like, well, sometimes, most of the time, and it was like, no, 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 the payments exactly. Like, okay, well, that's yeah, fine. exactly, and that's what that's what Cheryl, the bank teller, said too. She was like, she was like, well, that is interesting. Um, but that's that's what was funny is as soon as I got that text saying, oh, his partner died, I was like, oh, there it is, there it is. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is, I guess, I guess the other thing is they ask you for your. Um, for you to take a picture of your like deposit, right? Yeah. Which which isn't out of the ordinary. I mean, who again, does? who who asked for the scammer? The scammer, yeah. They say, hey, you know, could you just let me know when you make the deposit? That way, I can let our sponsor know everything's good and we have it for our records. Which, again, I've had that happen before for legit, you know, business dealings. And so I wasn't thinking anything about it, but but apparently that's one of the things too, because like. Sometimes they're able to use those last four digits for like verification on stuff. Mm-hmm. So they can, oh, they can all, yeah, they're just trying to, they're trying to grab as much, you know, small yeah. bits of information because mm-hmm. there's so much that we, you know, I've certainly changed this, mm-hmm. but we, we share a lot online and people can kind of get yeah. a large amount of information that they need to scam. And then mm-hmm. once they get this far, boom, you know? Yeah. So the Alana person kept going back and forth. I'm just like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not doing this. I'm sorry about your partner. Whatever. Uh, it, it's sorry. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm not wiring anything. I'm not cash app. I'm not doing anything to pay any money. This is what we agreed on. This is the work. So the only options we have now is either I don't do the work mm-hmm. until I wait until Friday to see if these funds are legitimate or I just don't do anything and you've sent me money, which I, you know, at that like point at this I knew point, that you have what they're like websites and all this kind of stuff. Dude, it, it, I'm telling you, man, it was, you brought up a good point whenever I first told you about this, when you said, man, it almost sounds like, like maybe this was like at one time, this person like was an artist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they know. And they because, decided, Oh man, freelancing is kind of a tough gig. I tell you what's, easy they went the easy route man and they were like well i'm just gonna steal from other people well i don't think it was but but yes but i think god you think i you you think i've never seen an episode of colombo (laughs) no 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 but we're trying to do but the weird thing was was like it was so specific like they had to have like a knowledge of how that stuff kind of works mm-hmm. as far as like or basic, illustration. I mean, would it, could they have gotten by with like a basic knowledge of all this? No. Hmm. You, like even everything that you know, they were using stuff that, that you wouldn't know to ask. Wow. Yeah. It, it was really, imp- I mean, so much so that like there's a little piece of me that's sort of like I'm not even mad because the no amount of work that you had to put in to like Dude, I'm mad. There might not be anything that makes me angry that I mean, it's try to steal from other people, man. Yeah, it's garbage. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, man, it was it was done really well. So so here's like a, a real time sort of update. So several days ago I ended up calling Cheryl, you know, and she's she tells me at the time, this was uh maybe 
maybe Monday. She tells me all the all the the stuff. You know, the fake the the check was fake. You know, the branch they've reported it to like the federal, you know, whatever commission. You know, it's totally fraudulent. I'm going to keep a hold on. Which she was really smart to do this. You know, because she she froze the funds, the the check deposit. She froze that and Cheryl? then. Yes, because here's here's another thing. Which, by the way, huh? what a perfect look. It's if I had if I was on a game show, and I mm-hmm. said, "You have to guess a bank teller's name." <laughs> I would probably start with Cheryl, <laughs> or Cheryl. She Cheryl like Ann. A sweet. Well, I don't. Yeah, I mean that's a especially southern, down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't have two names, you're probably not in one. You're right, probably not right. from the south. Yeah, she man, she was so awesome. She was so helpful, and like again, there were a lot of things that like they probably could have got me, even though. I wouldn't have fallen for the, oh, wire back something or send something back. She's like, yeah, it was completely fake. We've reported it, blah, 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 blah. And it was weird because as, as soon as, like, I got that call from her, then, like, all communication between me and this fake Alana lady completely stopped. She stopped, like, reaching out. So it was, like, sort of, like, text after text after text and then, like, several emails. And you could tell that they were... Like what you said earlier, you know, there's like a there's like sort of a time limit that they have where before the funds are bounced back to that bank and then sort of shown as like fraudulent and fake, they have that small amount of time or that window for you to send in like whatever or make any things. The other the other part of it that sucks and I don't really know what the point of this would be uh, other than like maybe this just being a byproduct is. Apparently, the other thing that you have to look out for is, you know, say I the, the funds go in and then immediately I'm like, oh, man, I needed a new computer or I needed something. Well, then I do that. Well, then that comes back on me because the money was never there. So now I'm kind of screwed and I owe the bank, you know, thousands of dollars. Right. Which, again, I don't know how that that doesn't really benefit them, but... Um, so yeah, so here's the real well, it's time. The, it's the quote, it's the, what they call the law of large numbers, dude. If it, it's a totally scalable thing, and this is not a hype speech for, for me to convince people to just run scams on people. What I'm saying <laughs> is you're not the only one they're doing this to this week. Yeah. Right. And so if they have a hundred of these, I mean, think about it. They can just copy and paste that message to well, hundreds of artists. And it's, it's funny that you said that because here, here was the only thing that I can see where they made a mistake is, and I believe it, it is probably just like a copy and paste thing. I mean, there's somebody there that knows what they're talking about as far as like art and freelance and and that kind of thing. Like somebody 100% knows what they're talking about. But, you know, like I said, on like on Monday when there was a lot of text coming in and then there were emails, there was one email that said something like, I'm even going to give you an additional like $200 for your troubles which didn't make any sense because it's like the amount has never changed. There's never been like an additional $200 out of anything. So that just sort of came out of nowhere. So it was like, oh, that she's they're just copying and pasting this script or whatever. But anyway, bef- just before we hopped on air, and again, I haven't heard anything from these people, you know, nothing. Yeah. I just was like, oh, this, this is fake. I'm done. You know, I'm tired of dealing with it. It's over. Well, then... I get a call and it it like ring it you know did the thing where it like rings once and then I had a message and it says 
hi, this is this is so and so from bank, blah 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 blah. Call me at your earliest convenience. You know, we have a serious matter to talk about. I call back and it it does nobody picks up, but it goes to a machine that says, Hi, this is Pamela. I'm out of the office with bank. So I'm wondering if they're still trying to to like somehow have me give up information still by like pretending to be somebody at the bank. Oh yeah, probably. Which is so weird. Like Well, I think the moral of the story, folks, is this. Don't do business with cashier checks. Yeah. And be really careful mm-hmm. with scammers because they are extremely sophisticated these days. Crafty. Crafty. And thus concludes this episode <laughs> of The More You Know. <laughs> mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pretty good cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. You think you really know what's happening around here, don't you? Don't you? If anyone out there wants to fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now back to our show. Look, man, I know, I know, <clears throat> my throat's getting a little scared. See what I mean? I know uh, you're super stoked to talk about what you want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. But before you drag me into another conspiracy theory, yeah, I want to hear about this mystery spot. I don't remember what you call it. Don't interrupt me here. <laughs> but it when you described it to me after your trip out to Montana, it sounded mm-hmm. a lot like the mystery spot in Santa Cruz, California that, my wife and I have been to God ages and ages ago. Yep. And I always love these kind of places, man. Oh, and me too. I've always known that there were some other ones that existed. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like one of those things that I think I feel like when we were on tour, we tried to kind of find some of these things, but for the most part, they really kind of exist more predominantly out west is is kind of and that could be I'm not using Google right now. That that could be completely just my perception i could be mm-hmm. completely false anyhow so i'm excited to hear and for you to tell the listeners about this place that you went to so that in their summer travels or any time of year mm-hmm. uh, they can look out for places like this because they're really really rad yeah so the, this kind of place which you saying that they were out west i think there used to be another one and the only reason i know this is you do you remember like as you were kids and you were traveling especially here in the states like you'd go to like a like a little gift shop or something that'd be, mm-hmm. or or even like a hotel, and there'd be tons of brochures. Oh yeah, like, they still do that. Yeah, yeah, of like local attractions and stuff. Yeah. Well, they used to have like more sort of weird stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, that roadside attraction was a lot more sort of 
you know, popular back then. And so I remember I had one and I kept it for years and years. And I think it was called the Mystery Spot somewhere in Tennessee. Oh, yeah, that does kind of ring a bell, actually. Yeah, I think I looked it up years ago. And I don't know that it's in business anymore. But yeah, it's this it's this thing. And usually you'll see like a, you know, like a sort of a house, maybe sort of built up on a hill. And, you know, it's like some sort of like vortex area. And so what we went to was a place called the Montana Vortex or slash the Mystery House, which is really cool. The place has been open for like 50 years. Apparently they say, and this is from the website, montanavortex.com, it says, uh, the Montana Vortex is a genuine quantum or gravitational anomaly that may redefine the laws of physics and nature. Hmm. It used to be sort of a sacred site like a Native American site. And the shop itself has been open for like over 50 years, which is pretty cool. I ended up talking to a guy named Joe who were like the new owners. I think they've only, they have owned it for like 25 years. Super awesome dude. Apparently where we were, we were in Montana around a place called like, uh, like Whitefish, Hungry Horse, which is like one of my favorite things because like their little symbol or like logo is just this malnourished like horse, (laughs) which I looked everywhere for a t-shirt and I could not find it. But uh, doesn't that, hold on just a second right there, man. I get so frustrated because, you know, we've been really kind of road tripping a lot the Mm -hmm. last couple of years as opposed to flying with our kids just because it's just like an added bonus annoyance. No, 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 man. It's awesome. (laughs) But the thing that just like blows my mind sometimes is you'll go to a cool place or mm-hmm. like a town, uh, like there's a town in Georgia that you have to pass through to get to, you know, coastal areas, all right? And it's called Metter. Mm-hmm. They even have, I think on their city website, everything's better in Metter. But when you go there, it's like, That's can awesome. I just get a hat like that? I mean, just very simply printed. It doesn't even yeah. have to be something crazy. Use the old school iron-on 80s. Uh, exactly. letters and everything's better and better is incredible. Yeah. Like what happened to, usually when you go to these tour spots and you look at their stuff, it's junk, man. It's garbage. Yeah. Who's designing this stuff? Who's okaying this? Anyways, it's just a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. If you're listening and you live in a town, well, every town, any town. Or if I mean, you live in Hungry Horse and want to send a shirt. Come on. Yes. Yes. Anyway, sorry, um, it's a pet peeve. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, Dude, I totally agree with that because it's weird because you'll – okay, so j- just for example, and I'm not going off on a super long sure tangent. Sure you are. <laughs> but, you know, you go through and, like, the front of these buildings, it'll be, like, Hungry Horse gift shop. And it's, like, there's, like, the giant chair outside. The – like, all these crazy, like, fake animals, like, stacked on top of each other. Like, it looks, like, junky and tacky in, like, the coolest – way possible. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, man, I'm definitely going to find a t-shirt in there that just has like the old school crappy hungry horse that was, you know, probably drawn by like a fifth grader in like, you know, 1910 or something when the, Mm -hmm. when the town was like officially sort of recognized nothing. It's like you go in and it's all these same, like, you know, kind of like trying to be like sort of trendy, like, Yellowstone or Glacier National Park. That's where we went, by the way, Glacier this year. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's a real pet peeve of mine as well. But anyway, uh, going back to the Montana Vortex, I've got to say my wife is not 
into this stuff at all. Right. But she knows that, like— Here's the thing. Can I just interrupt you? You know, you're going to go on a long tangent. I'm going to go on some interrupting sprees, and this is the first one of many. Mm -hmm. I know we say a lot, you know, your wife's not into it and stuff, and in a lot of ways I can agree. I think sometimes, though— Weekly. I think sometimes I think we're finally breaking down the barrier, and this is the beginning of it, folks. You're about to hear it in real time because I think she secretly likes some of the stuff that we talk about. Could be. Not enough to listen to the podcast, but... Well, I know. Look, here's another thing. You're going to hear Tyler say that a good bit. And also, my, my wife actually doesn't really listen to it much. I'll point out like some hilarious moments, like Tyler's story about faking, fainting, oh, yeah. and just to try to avoid a go- golf lessons. Which I still can't believe I have never told you that. That's the best story I've ever heard. I mean, I don't know if I should be embarrassed or pity or just laugh at you. Oh, I'm pretty proud I kind of did all three. Anyway... <laughs> You, you can hear about that story here. Here is hilarious, and I think you'd agree. Embarrassing story about Tyler on That Would Be Rad, Season 3, Episode 26, Into the Sands, on the hunt for the Mongolian death worm. Anyhow, I'm not trying to give credit where no credit's due. I'm just saying yeah. I think this is a cool moment because this is, okay, she's starting to, mm-hmm. oh, this is interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. So we, we show up, first of all, and she is... Um, uh, I, I don't know how I don't know how really how to phrase this, but you first go into the gift shop, and that's like sort of the entrance to everything, and then you pay to like take the tour, and it you know you, you have like a tour guide kind of walk right. you around the property where like these like vortexes are, and the gift shop had like <laughs> all kinds of sort of esoteric you know sort of paraphernalia, like it's you know on one side you're gonna have like the the, like the Hopi Indian designed like stones over here. You're going to have this like Buddhist thing over here. You're going to have this Hindu thing over here. You're going to have like this like Bigfoot, you know, giant Bigfoot figurine thing. Right. So it's kind of like a, a mix of all that stuff. And my wife's mm-hmm. like kind of protective over that. And I mean, I, I kind of get it as far as like, I don't want to bring like something into our home, yep. you know, that has like a hitchhiker and I get it. But at the same time, it's like, I've done <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I've done this enough to to see that like okay, they're they're like hyping this up. So I would say 99% of these things are all made in China. So I'm not afraid of you know what I mean? They're all just sort sure. of cheap. it's not like an ancient artifact right, that right. is harboring some sort of uh yeah. Not yeah. you might get a virus, but <laughs> keep going. But anyway, we pay for the tour. We have to wait a little bit, so we're just sort of looking around and stuff. And it was pretty cool. I got you a brochure they had in the corner, uh, which is really cool because it was yeah. like there was cool. like a little well, seat. I mean, now that I know the details about it, they just had this brochure like kind of. It was next to the trash can, it yeah. just laying there in the corner. No, no, no. Like, there was like a little station that was for like the Sierra Sounds, Ron Moorhead. But it was cool to like see that. Like, oh, wait a minute, they're kind of like in the know on this stuff because your average Bigfoot fan. May not know of, like, the Sierra sounds. Uh, so anyway, so we're waiting, and, you know, there's stuff on, like, Missing 411, you know, David Politis, like, the stickers that I wanted, like, weren't there. But anyway, so then this guy comes in, and he's like, hi, my name's Joe, gives the tour. He's very, like, charismatic, very funny, and we're walking. And I can kind of see my wife, Courtney, is, I can just tell by the body language that she's like, okay, whatever. I'm not into this. It's silly. 
but I know that like this is the one thing out of you know a nine day trip that Tyler's like specified he wanted to do, you know, every time we drive by it. And so that's why she's there, which was very nice. You know, we're walking around, there's like little, you know, it's it's so old school. It it ticked all those boxes of like your roadside attraction. So like you walk to this one thing in the trail, mm-hmm. there's this giant like metal box like attached to this tree and it has like a button that's like do not press me and it's like of course you're supposed to press it yeah and then it tells you about like how the native americans viewed this area as you know yada 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 and then we walk around to where the house is uh, and on the way also there's like little signs that says like you know it has like little like fairies in the trees and like the little the green man like face attached to trees and stuff and we finally get to like the front of the house and he's like Oddly enough, he chooses my two daughters, Amelia and Elliot. And Elliot had just turned five. Amelia's eight. Amelia's probably a good foot above Elliot. And so he's like, okay, so we're just going to get started. He's like, you see this platform? And it was like this flat platform, you know? And there's like, the house is like behind it, and it's sort of like at a slant, you know, like I said. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of these spots have that sort of tilted house kind of thing. But this was crazy because he said, here's this platform. And he brought out like three different like levels, you know, set them on it. Perfectly level. He, mm-hmm. he asked me to come up, ask another guy, ask another guy. He's like, "Is that does that look level to you? Completely level. So then he says, okay, I would like you two girls to come here. And like, I cannot for the life of me figure out how this is happening unless it truly is some sort of weird anomaly thing but you know one would be on one side one would be the other they're sort of facing each other in the middle and then then they would like switch and you would literally see like their sizes completely change man and it's like how is this happening man and even even courtney did it she was like i can't figure out how this is this is done because everything's completely level and then then what was cool is like and this was like a really nice touch. Uh, at the beginning, like they gave us each like a marble and then they handed it to my oldest daughter and was like, hey, you're the marble keeper. So you got to keep a hold of it. You got to like take care of these and keep these safe, which, you know, is a good, like cool little thing for the kids. But he then he then says, hey, which one of you had the marbles? And Amelia holds it out and he says, okay, can you drop the marbles in the middle of the platform? The marbles don't move at all. They don't. They don't roll down a hill. They don't do anything. And so his thing is like, basically there's there's something in this like area. There's some sort of like field of, you know, something where everything within the field is like shrinking and like growing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, you know, if you look at our bodies as like, we're sort of vibrating, you know, atoms and molecules. Yeah. It's like everything is sort of going through like some sort of field that's like shrinking and then growing. Which sounds crazy, but yeah, I cannot for the life of me figure it out. I mean, it's wild, man. If you if you listening have never experienced it, it is one of those things where it's much better and easier to kind of to be there in person because, like, whenever yeah. again, whenever someone's explaining it to you, mm-hmm. it sounds like absolute nonsense. Yeah, right. but like everything that Tyler has kind of described, but also to me before is exactly the same kind of things that occurred at the mystery spot in uh, in Santa Cruz. And apparently oh, there right. are like a couple of them. There's one called like 
the Oregon Vortex, mm-hmm. and it's near Gold Hill, Oregon, and it's been mm-hmm. open to the public since 1930. Same kind of deal. Tennis balls seem to roll up hill, brooms stand on end. They yep, did that broom, broom thing at the Santa Cruz one too, and it's cool because like before you go, you can go to these places website and it'll say, you know, if you want to bring your own broom or bring your own level, you know, you're 100% welcome to. Yeah. And it's just, man, it's just really, really cool. So I just, Mm -hmm. I just happened to, when I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any more, check out this thing that I found about these. And this isn't another Miley Cyrus joke here. Um, (laughs) It says, what causes the mysterious goings on here? No one knows. One theory is that a great beam of high velocity, soft electrons exits the earth through this vortex area mm-hmm. another one claims that a giant underground device produces the weird effects i actually remember reading something about that as a possible theory in santa cruz basically the idea is that someone at some point in the early 1900s mm-hmm. went to these places built something underground that would change different things but What's interesting about that, though, and I think it might have even been our guide in Santa Cruz, he kind of said, you know, that's an interesting theory, but, you know, some people say, like, it's magnetic. And so he would, like, take a magnet, show you that it worked with, you know, a piece of metal. You could test it. He made everybody pass it around. Then he would be like, now, and then do something near the area where supposed magnetism is. And it's like, nope. So it's just, like, weird, weird stuff, you know? Um yeah, it yeah. says that skeptics usually write off the effects observed at mystery spots as nothing more than optical illusions manipulated to mysteriously lighten the wallets of tourists. Which, okay, sure, but again, it's easier to kind of come to that conclusion if you've never gone because sometimes when you see the pictures, you're like, oh, it's an optical illusion. When you're there, though, yeah, it's like there's no there's no thing no about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. So here's the thing that's funny is like there's, you know, for our longtime listeners, I'm naturally sort of the, I mean, I say I'm a true believer. Like I just like, I like to look at things as like a glass half full kind of when it comes to like the paranormal. I like to be open enough to believe that there could be something with all this stuff. And so being in that setting though there's also it was also kind of like kicking up this other portion of my like personality that's like there's something that's happening where there it's like a trick of the eye it's some sort of like illusion type thing you know so they they did several levels everything did the marble nothing goes down yada 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 and so we're kind I was kind of feeling like a little weird at this point and he says okay so you know now we're going to go into the house, like the mystery house, and the, there's several anomalies or several vortexes on this property uh, that we'll kind of go to, but this is the strongest one. This house was built in 1970, you know, yada, yada, yada. Give some history about it. You go in the house, and I kid you not, I didn't want to, I was kind of fighting the, this feeling, but it was that weird, like, panic feeling of, like, mm. Uh, there's a panic attack about to come. It's like that weird, like humming, like like buzzing, like I just want to run and get out of here. This doesn't feel right. Yeah. And I look over at Courtney, and she looks way worse than I did. She's like, I feel really weird in here. And I'm talking like mm. it felt like, you know, obviously it wasn't 
uh, zero gravity or anything, but it felt weird enough so that like, you know, I'm looking at my daughters and like all of us have this, just this look of like something's like going on. Mm-hmm. And it was really bizarre. And then the one of the most interesting things he said, okay, that so- That kind of woozy feeling or, or are you just commenting on the fact that like- No, 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 at yeah. At least one of you looked like you needed a little more sun. <laughs> well, that would, that would definitely be me. Uh, no, but yeah, we were all really like woozy feeling. Super, uh, I, I don't know. I can't even describe like the feeling, but the, one of the interesting things that I thought, you know, we did, he did like the broom thing. He did this other thing where you could like hang from this ladder. Um, oh, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. It was weird. It's like if you, if you walked up one side of the ladder, it was extremely hard to walk up. Like you couldn't, mm-hmm. you could barely do it. Like with all your might, you could barely do it. You go up the other ladder and it's super easy. And then you kind of like fly outwards. Yeah. But it was weird because then he shows, you know, you're in this house that's kind of like slanted, but then he shows this like level area that's completely level from where we were on the outside of it, you know, when we were in front of it. And just the whole thing was really weird. But then there was this spot where he said, you know, I'd like you guys to stand. We believe that this this particular spot is is the the highest concentration of energy within this vortex. So don't tell anyone, but I would like you to stand in the spot, close your eyes, just sort of like rest for a second. And when we get outside, I want to ask you a question. And so we did all that, walked outside and he says, okay, so who who all felt sort of like a, like a spiraling, spinning sensation. Every Mm -hmm. single one of us raises our hand. He said, okay, what direction were you sort of spinning in? He says, clockwise, and like maybe like one or two hands raised, you know, from like kids or whatever. He says, counterclockwise, everybody raises their hand. So there's Mm -hmm. like, there's truly something there. And even Courtney was like, man, I'm feeling super weird. Yeah. You know, I'm a we, terrible barometer for that kind of thing because I get motion sick thinking about you describing that right now. I'm already like, oof. You would have hated it. feel so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really bizarre. Then, you know, then we went around to these other areas, these other like sort of vortex areas where, again, it's it's so weird. He would It would be like, you know, like in, in like uh, elementary school where you would have like little circles on the ground that are like different colors and it would be like, in a circle. So he'd say, you, 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 you. And then we all would be in the circle. And then like, as you would like walk around, your our like sizes were like literally changing like in front of us. But then he had somebody else come over and had like a level and it was like super long and it was going from like this one to the middle. So he was basically moving the level like a clock, you know, to show, yeah. okay, is this is this moving like uphill or downhill? Is it like some sort of illusion? Dude, totally, completely level. Yeah. Every single one of these things. And he's so like, weird. it's it's relative though, because you, and you know, we've tried all kinds of stuff. He's like, I've had scientists come out. I've had physicists. I've had, you know, residencies where these scientists would like spend, you know, weeks at a time here conducting experiments. And there's there's truly like something happening and nobody can quite, figure it out. He's like, it's all relative though, because, you know, I can, I can measure your, like, so say you, you're holding like a ruler to like measure your height or whatever. Well, if you're holding that ruler, it's also like shrank or expanded, Hmm. you know, so 
everything within this like field is like sort of relative. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, that's Which super is, weird, man. Yeah. But it was funny. So then we go to this other thing. Courtney was like, I got to go sit down. And so she sits down and then we move to this other area because she's like, I'm not feeling great at all. And then we move to this other area and he's like, he's talking and he's like, oddly enough, this particular area is for the longest time, this is where people would sit if they weren't feeling good. And like the whole crowd turns around and they're staring at my wife who's sitting in the <laughs> exact spot. And he's like, oddly enough, this is this is the location where everybody seems to like feel better after mm. being here. There's some sort of like grounding happening. And, you know, I urge you guys to just try it out. You know, so then we move on and Courtney gets up and she's like, you know me, I don't buy into any of this stuff. Right. She was like, the second I sat down in this area, she's like, it was immediately gone. Yeah. I immediately felt better. So I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so much, some of the stuff with like the, sometimes the, you know, the level, this person looks bigger, this person looks like that kind of stuff sometimes can feel a little bit like, have you ever been at home and like somebody knocks on the door and they're like, it's this kid, I say kid, 18 year old or something, and they're just, trying to door-to-door sell, like, car cleaning stuff. Yeah. Trying to sh- he's giving you the demonstration. He's like, look, you can even drink it. And it's like, oh, it's only, like, $50 for a big pack, you know, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And he's just like, let me show you. And then, like, sometimes it happens at the gas stations. Remember, they used to happen to us on tour and be like, dude, get out of here, man. Yo, and, like, they'd, like, the take a lighter and burn something on your car and then wipe it off, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Some yeah. of this kind of has that feeling sometimes, and I get that. But what's intriguing what- to me about it, though, is, you know, all of these sort of quote unquote invisible forces that exist that we know mm-hmm. of gravity and 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 magnetism and and mm-hmm. things like that radio waves and you know all these things that we even use on a normal day to day basis right exist and these these I mean it sounds corny to call this but these powers these natural powers yeah. are kind of like passing through our body. Of course, it's going to make you feel strange. So it's like there are these places, you know, where there's, I think, a higher concentration of those things, which also leads me to think like, well, is this an area where there are increased cryptid sightings or well, glad you events said and stuff like that? Yes. And I'm glad you said that because... We will return after these messages. This is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. You know, we get to the end of the tour, and I walk over to Joe, who was such a great host, such a great tour guide for this little thing. You know, I mentioned that we have a podcast, and you know, do you ever do podcast appearances? Because I really want to bring him on because he's he's like a talker, but it's it's just fascinating. And a lot of the stuff I'm not going to get into because because I, I I do want to want to try to get a follow up an episode with him because it's yeah. just he's so interesting and there's like so much stuff. But 
I mean, there are situations where like they would they would see Bigfoots in the area, like tons of he would see them like all the time. He said even currently, you know, in the last like several days, he said, you know, there was this this thing where he would go and he would, you know, there's sort of the offering kind of thing, and he would leave offerings, you know, certain like foods and stuff. And then they kept like leaving like rocks and like little pebbles and stuff for him in certain areas. Even, and this was weird, as we went into the place, and again, I don't know, maybe this is fake, but I like to give him the benefit of the doubt. But as we went in, I noticed, because I tend to pick up on like just sort of menial, trivial stuff, you know, that most people don't. But I noticed that when he, he walked over to this like chair that was like, you know, supposedly totally level, he picked up this like rock that was in the chair and he like threw it over to the ground. Well, hmm. and he didn't say anything about this during the whole tour, didn't say anything. But as we were talking, we, you know, we started talking about Bigfoot and stuff because, man, Montana, like everywhere you go, there's Bigfoot stuff. Right. But where we were, especially, uh, we were near Glacier National Park. And then last year, you know, we were at Yellowstone and near Glacier, it is everywhere. There's Bigfoot stuff everywhere, tons of sightings and stuff. But anyway, he he kind of gave this like little story. He said, you know, we we believe that there's like like a male and a female, like a couple, and then one or two smaller ones. One hasn't shown up anymore, but there's there's one that's like, you know, you would say would be like a teenager. He says, we've been here for like, I think 25 years. And, you know, we've seen these these things throughout the years. And he said, the funny thing is, is like, what we're figuring out is that they're able to, he's like, what I believe, I believe that they're able to like cloak themselves. And so here's the thing too, whenever he, whenever we first entered the thing, you know, I told you, you had to go down to the box and stuff. Joe gave us like the intro and then we walked by ourselves, and then he went on to the mystery house spot. And so then like after we read the little audio recording, then we met him there. And he said, every single time we do this, I, I come over, I sweep the platform to make sure everything's clean. I go inside, I make sure there's like nothing wherever. He's like, but whatever is happening and however they're like cloaking themselves, if you want to say, he's like, one continues to put a pebble in this chair between the time that you guys are standing there and after I've cleaned everything in there. Man. Which is really interesting. And he's like, he even he even showed us where like, he's like, there's even a place on our porch where if I go through like a phase where I'm leaving like an offering, if I'm leaving like berries or something on this like little stump that's in the area, he's like, every single time there, there will be like a smooth, like, you know, like a nice looking rock on this like little corner on his porch. Because they had like, his house was like mm-hmm. on the property, you know? Um, and- you know- and he walks out and he shows us, he's like, yep. He's like, I did this last night and here's the stone. Man, I didn't know you were going to get into cloaking. And it's kind of funny that you did because here's the thing I've kind of been wondering about lately. I don't think necessarily it was groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Our kind of fun sort of idea slash theory, conclusion, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. where we kind of link the watchers to the Nephilim Mm-hmm. to the Fomorians and then maybe those remaining becoming cryptids. Yep. One thing that I've also been sort of thinking about lately is this, like, especially when it comes to cloaking, what if just like humanity, there's going to be, quote unquote, 
for lack of better terms here, good guys mm-hmm. and bad guys. Yeah. But they come from the same place and they have the same abilities, right? Well, yeah. I know this is not where you intended to go, but I, I think it's basically relevant and newly topical. Can I read mm. you something? Dude, I love it. So this happened this past week. So by the time you listen to this listener, this is about a week old in terms of news. The title of the news article is Terrified Peruvian Villagers Under Attack from Seven-Foot-Tall Aliens with Really Creepy Name. Mm. Residents of the Peruvian village of Loreto are reporting attacks by, quote, face-eating aliens. Mm. Face-eating aliens are allegedly terrifying the residents of this small Peruvian village, prompting an investigation by the Peruvian National Police and the Peruvian Army. Reports of Los Pelacaras, or the face peelers, is what Mm. it translates to in English, said to be seven feet tall, have been emerging from the small community of Loreto since last week, according to La Repubblica. One of the quotes is, I have found him face to face. He hides his face. I've seen the whole body floating. He moves his arms. Everything is normal, says one eyewitness. The witnesses are members of the Ikitu tribe, and they've been reporting these sightings since July 11th of this year. One encounter turned physical when the alien allegedly set upon a 15-year-old girl who only narrowly escaped the encounter with her life. The quote is, as a result of the struggle, they cut part of her neck, reported local community leader Juaro Retegui Davila. Mm. Locals also report being unable to sleep out of fear for the next attack, prompting them to set up their own community patrols to keep an eye on the village throughout the night to protect women, children, and the vulnerable. Images show members of the community with bandages or bandaged heads seeking help. While Mm. authorities are now investigating the matter, help may prove elusive. Some villagers claim that they were attacked by these kind of, quote, predator-style aliens with the ability to cloak themselves and that they have, like, some sort of armor. I mean, dude, this is wild, wild stuff. Yeah, there's... um, I don't know that I've ever mentioned this to you, but there's a book... Uh, called Camellio. Have I ever talked about that with you? And then I was standing in line and I was like, Emilio. So anyways, I'm standing there waiting to use the payphone. Yeah, he was, seriously. And this guy who's on the phone turns around and tips his hat like this. And who do you think that guy was? Emilio Estevez, the mighty duck man. I swear to God, I was there. Of course you were. You were the one who yelled the Breakfast Clubber's name. I was like, Emilio! (laughs) 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 So, anyways. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. Uh, No, there's this book called Camellio. I feel like I've briefly mentioned it maybe here on the show, but the reason we haven't really talked about it is because I kind of want to get the guy on, the writer on, because it's a really fascinating story. You have this guy who, I mean, he's not anymore, but he was like a drug addict back in the day. And somehow he ended up like at this party, you know, a lot of 'er ne'er-do-wells were at this party. And somebody comes in and they had stolen a laptop that had belonged to whatever of defense, the... uh, Department of Defense? Yeah, Department of Defense. And 
I can't remember all the details, but somehow you end up where he begin he be, like begins getting stalked by these these characters who were basically wearing these like what he believes were like these suits, and I think that it was like Project Camellio, or it you know something with like the U.S. government, but it's like these kind you know, and I'm, and I'm not saying that's what it was with yours, but this has been something that has gone on that, you know, we've kind of mm-hmm. known about, you know, you'll hear it called like the predator. You'll hear it called the glimmer man. Oof. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it's like, they believe that there's like these suits that are enabling people to basically look like the predator, you know, when he, mm. when he kind of turns invisible, there's a fascinating story. And again, so you're saying they, they think that it's actually just like people well that are like throwing these suits on and then going in and terrorizing. Which, well, I mean, no, no. totally. I I could buy it. I could buy that. I mean, kind, not not necessarily in like your story. Like, the, yeah, like, yeah, no. I just meant in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, and for all we know, I mean, heck, maybe they were reverse engineered. Sure. Uh, you know, from like actual beings or whatever from somewhere else, and that's what you're dealing with down in Peru in your story. And but that's why the Smithsonian comes to collect all that stuff so that exactly. they can be on top of that technology and 100%. ultimately help humanity. Okay, go ahead. Hiding all the giant bones, helping um, humanity, <laughs> not helping humanity. Well, if it, it's it's it a playground, if we're going to attack them. If we're going to attack them, anyway. So, yeah, it's really fascinating, and I really want to try to get the guy on because it's really cool. But um, there, there's is the story, and actually, should I get into this because this story is fascinating, and I'm totally going to butcher you're the ta- actual. You're, you're talking about the um, the glimmer man where the lady. Oh, no, no, no. I was talking about the conspiracy thing that you were initially going to talk about today that obviously... I don't even think we should... just push it to the side. Yeah, I think we push it till next week. I think we just push those conspiracy theories to the side. The what theory? Conspiracy theories. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Tell me about the Glimmer Man. I thought it was like a... And again, I'm not looking at IMDb or anything here, but I thought that was a Steven Seagal movie. Well, it was. It was one of his finest movies. Was it like a sci-fi movie? I didn't see that. It was. No, I... I, they just like the term like glimmer man has come okay. up in the last several okay. years. David Politis, God, ironically enough. So round, you know, back to the dock, heading back to the dock. Um, Joe, around the dock. <laughs> Joe, the tour guide at the Montana Vortex, would then go on to tell me that he's really close with David Politis from Missing Four One One, and just the other night they're at this. You know, and I'm not going to give the location. They're at this like bar with Leslie Keen, who's like a writer who's written a ton of stuff regarding Roswell and like UFOs and alien crafts and stuff. David Politis, who, as you know, is like the missing 411 guy. And so, like, they're all like in this area. And if I would have known this, man, I I would kill to be able to meet David Politis because he's he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, if you don't know what I'm like talking our- about. Go ahead, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, if to the listener, if you don't know, know what we're talking about, uh, just look into the Missing 411 thing. There's two documentaries as of now, and I was privy to the knowledge that there is a third one being filmed. And just current. as like a quick sort of... Oh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, aside. No, like... Oh, just as a quick disclaimer, mm. a lot of times when the Missing 411 stuff comes up, one of the... Because I had no idea about it, right? And as I was kind of learning more about that, really just around the time we started this this show, yeah. that's something that we've always kind of wanted to dive into. Mm-hmm. I'm not skeptical necessarily, but just as equally open that I am to things being 
weird and wild in the world. I'm also equally open to the idea of people just making stuff up. Mm -hmm. But what I found in the missing, so in other words, whenever I look at something like the missing 401, I don't shy away from the naysayers. Mm -hmm. I kind of look at both sides equally so I can kind of make my own conclusions here. And one of the things that I see so often when regarding the missing 401 thing are people that are just like, look, man, it's just dumb idiots that take nature for granted and then just disappear. Here's the thing. And even David Pilatus, I've seen a quote from him and also other people that write about things like this. And they say, yes, that can certainly happen. And yes, there are people that do that. And it's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. This though is on like a scale that is just incredibly in, uh, mysterious. Oh, also, yeah. location-wise, he Weird. kind of looks at patterns and things like that of where this is happening, higher concentrations. Imagine like a heat map of the frequency of how many times this is happening mm-hmm. and stuff. And so that's where it, got, it gets really, really sort of interesting and beyond sort of just, hey, these are people that went hiking, they shouldn't have gone on their own. Mm-hmm. They should use what the Boy Scouts call the buddy system. Always go with a buddy. So well, that, that's, you know. that's not always going to keep you safe, though. Right. And we've because talked about on other shows, too, man. There's trees that could swallow you up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there there are that. But, like, a lot. there's so many cases where, you know, somebody would be right behind you. Or somebody would even be right in front of you. And then you hear a sound behind. You look back. And then you look ahead. And your buddy, who you're with, it has just completely vanished. You know, they get, they bring in search teams, they bring in helicopters, you know, National Guard, like full like reconnaissance, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, trying to find this person and nowhere to be found. And then a year later, you know, the body will show up, mm-hmm. you know, they'll have no clothes on or they'll have their clothes, which this is sort of a, like a, ex, you know, ET type thing, UFO abduction, or they'll have like their clothes put on, but they'll be like, put on backwards or their shoes would be on the wrong feet or like their, their, their shirt will be like buttoned, like, you know, like missing a button Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And they'll be just in the middle of the, uh, like the hiking trail. Yeah. You know, it's just really bizarre stuff. But anyway, all that to say, yeah, I want to get this Joe guy on because he's pretty fascinating, but yeah, the David Pilates thing, he talks about the glimmer man and, uh, that sort of phenomenon. And it really is fascinating. I want to I want to do a full episode on it because there's actually a pretty good amount, and I'm totally going to butcher this story, but I think it's it's worth mentioning. One of the most famous stories was is about this woman who she's like a you know like a hunter, like a game hunter. So I think she I believe she was, um, and again we'll do a real episode where I actually plug in the actual details. But she I believe she was in a tree stand you know, waiting for deer to pass by and something along the lines where, you know, in the distance there was like a, like a high school. And so, you know, she could hear the sounds of like their marching band. I I think they were having like football Mm -hmm. practice or something. And she ends up looking up ahead or looking in one of the trees, like kind of near her. And, you know, she, maybe she saw movement or something and she looks over and there's this like sort of predator looking motif and like it's she sees just like a little like well for the lack of a better descriptive like a glimmer sort timing, of like a, a kind of 
Yeah, I mean, they say it's exactly like the Predator movies, where it's it's some sort of, like, cloaking thing, whether it's, like, an ability, whether it's, like, a suit. We're not saying, like, it belongs to actual, like, like dreadlocked aliens with... Yeah, yeah. But she says there's this thing. But but the one thing about this, too, is, like, some people do mention that, you know, they'll see it sort of, like, swinging, like, from, like, branch to branch, almost like apes, which, to me, that kind of mm. goes away from it being, like, a person in a suit, you know? Totally but like I don't know. Spider-Man. <laughs> or, like, Spider-Man, yeah. But, no, she sees this thing. She ends up going home. Something comes up where she would find out, like, a day later that... I don't know if it was like in the paper or something, but at that football practice I mentioned before, all the kids on the field witnessed a UFO like above the football field, which mm. is really interesting because that would have all been in that same area, you know, which is kind of cool. But the most fascinating part, and again, I'm going to totally butcher this because I can't, I, I can't remember the details, but something along the lines of they're eating dinner like that night or the following night or something. And she ends up, she had like forgotten about the whole thing, didn't tell her husband about it. And then it just, I guess something sort of jogged her memory. And she's like, oh, I saw this thing in the woods. Also, she was really terrified when it all happened. I think that was part of it that I left out. But uh, she ends up showing her husband. Turns out that he actually is a guy that we have covered. I cannot think of his name, of course. But he is some sort of like like photographic investigator. Like he's written books mm-hmm. about stuff. He actually may have been one of the guys that, that I brought up that did the research in like the Gulf Breeze photos. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I he, could be he wrong. was kind of like investigating whether or not there was yeah, some he, photographic... Like it was real or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or fake or whatever. Yeah, he, he's like the guy that you would go to, you know, written books and and tons of like peer reviewed papers on so it's like oh we have these photos who do we who do we get to do this we're going to go to the the expert guy he's kind of a genius turns out that like that was her husband i believe and he ends up taking she says oh i even took a picture on my phone well he looks at it and there's it's a blank picture there's nothing on there well when he like plugs it all in and i believe it was like a flip phone type thing it's not like a smart it wasn't like a smartphone it was a while back and somehow he like you know plugs it into his like his like photo programs or whatever and he's like sort of scanning it and i think one of the the weird things is because it was like a flip phone you know you couldn't you couldn't change like the the ratio on those it was like all the photos had to be exactly square because that's just all the phone could do but somehow the photo had changed ratios of the size or like the shape of like mm-hmm. the actual photo on the okay. phone. And then also somehow, even though there was nothing on the actual photo that you could see, somehow when he pulled it in, it had been like, it had like, I don't even know the word that would be good. It had like absorbed or it had like been given when she took the photo tons of metadata like enough to like almost mm. shut shut the phone down just by taking a picture of whatever this thing was what which Weird. is really like fast like some sort of like electronic data transfer right exactly yeah hmm. yeah like it was it was messing with like some sort of like field of i mean who knows you know what i mean yeah and not to sound like a 
old man or or even just like not to kind of display my ignorance and on full blast here but like mm-hmm. I, I can't lie man when i really kind of sit down and pause mm-hmm. and think about the things that we use and take it and take for granted on a daily basis for example bluetooth mm-hmm. technology oh yeah. blows my mind Magic. the fact that these cell phones work based on you know rocks <laughs> yeah found yeah. and things like that mm-hmm. i mean dude when you start really thinking about it, it starts to become pretty hard to not really think that there's some sort of yeah. influence that mm-hmm. has happened. I don't know. Maybe I, you know. Maybe I'm just not really giving humanity enough credit here. But it's just it's very difficult for me to. It's easier for me to believe that we have somehow reverse engineered some some tech ideas than it is yeah. for me to be like you know twenty years ago. Some guy yeah. was like, you know, if I grind this up into a powder, I think I can make what we in the future will begin to call an LED screen. Yeah, that you know when you print, you know, I, I, it's just bizarre, man. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I also like the idea of you know your your like like shamans or shamans again. Jesus, never can get it right. You know your your medicine men. You know it's like you know crystals and like I mean they do have. You know, certain stones have like properties. Certain crystals, like, are known to like quartz crystals, are known to like sort of absorb light and they like sort of hold them inside. You know, and then like I like this idea that like okay, maybe all of these sort of elder sort of um, like seers and medicine men and shamans and stuff were were aware of this kind of thing, and then and then now we're basically integrating like like you know, sand from like what was once quartz crystal into these like silicon based like diodes and chips and like, like now that they're in our phone. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's pretty fascinating when you look at it. It's super fascinating. And like I said, it does show my ignorance because obviously there's like a scientific engineering explanation of how it works and all that kind of stuff. It's just one of those things. I mean, I think we've said this either certainly on the show, if not over on our, on our Patreon, where even just the technology for a LP, like a disc, I mean a disc, a uh, like a record. Mm-hmm. The fact that this piece of plastic yeah. that has grooves in it mm-hmm. is somehow storing information that yeah. then plays through a speaker and is sound, speaker and yeah. amplifier, but you know, it's not just sound, but like amazing, warm, awesome quality. Mm-hmm. How in the world? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just that that thing of when you don't understand something, it is sort of easy to kind of just think of it as magic. But I mean, that's the whole, I mean, that's why science rules, man, because that's the whole point of it is to try mm-hmm. to like think about something, test your idea. Yeah. If it fails, test a different idea mm-hmm. and keep going just to gain a greater understanding. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to have, if any of you know the writer for Camellio, you know, hit us up or hit him up. Tell him we so, want to have him. So quick quick question about the Glimmer mm-hmm. Man. So there are, I guess, a series of these types of sightings and events. There's been a lot actually, yeah. Man. And I, I think I think people were were seeing them long before like the the term Glimmer Man mm. was a thing, you know? And they just didn't really know how to explain it. But now there's a decent amount of them in like the missing four one one stuff. There's been several sort of, you know, a lot of like modern 
sort of encounters of these things. Like, um, uh, I mean, even in in Marshenko's book, Disembodied Voices, there's like a part, if I remember correctly, which I need that back, pal. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> we'll return after these messages. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense. For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. This is Joshua Cutchen, and you're at my home for weirdness. That would be rad. It kind of talks about instances like this. And if you remember too, I think, and I can't remember which came first, the chicken or the egg here, but I think in one of the Predator movies, the alien kind of records the audio of one of the people getting hurt or whatever, or calling for help. Mm-hmm. And then they use that to lure their next oh, victim yeah. in. And and that is sort of a thing that that is, you know, kind of thought to be one of the ways and this kind of comes back to the the missing 411 thing, one of the ways that people, because so often people are like, now this guy knew the woods, he's mm-hmm. hiked this trail his oh, entire life. Yeah. There's no reason why he would ever step foot anywhere else. And he just vanished. And yeah. then he shows up like way down the hill. You know, it's not like it's a, it's a cliff or anything. He's just like mm-hmm. far off into the thing. What lured him into the woods? Or right? you'll have like like this three-year-old you know, and see, suddenly, what, oh. suddenly yeah. disappeared. And then, I mean, there's some really tragic ones, but then there's also some that were, you know, they survive and everything's yeah. cool. But I it's mean, like, remember, dude, when you told me about this stuff, I think the first one of either the newer one, I think one of the documentaries, it was only about kids. And I was like, dude, I yeah. can't watch this, man. It's pretty hard. The second one's, I think, better. It makes I think it the first one talks a lot harder and kids. harder for me to convince not only my wife, of course, mm-hmm. but myself to take my family camping dude if there is just there's invisible now we've got invisible aliens yeah yeah well it's interesting too because like you were saying before like this like heat map like man there's so like the largest area where people go missing i think it's in the world you know by the numbers is in like yellowstone national park and like all these national parks have like if you don't know about Missing 411 or David Pilatus, like, we definitely urge you to check it out because it's awesome. But long story short, he discovered that like all these national parks were really keeping a tight lip on giving out any sort of information on anyone that has mi- been missing. And I think he was, he was originally like a detective or a cop. And so, you know, that sort of digging for the truth kind of aspect of his personality, it was just already in him. So... When he realized, like, hey, wait a minute, why isn't any of this stuff, like, forthcoming? And you can say, well, maybe, you know, the national parks don't want it to, like, get out that people are missing and that would, like, hurt their business. And, you know, you kind of rationalize it like that. But it starts to get even, like, I don't know, it starts to get a little weird just how much this stuff is being, like, hidden. You know, like, like, no information. Like, you can't find a single number of how many people have, you know, mysteriously disappeared in, in national parks. If you go to try to like look into the records and stuff, hmm. I think he even went into like, went all, it all went all the way up to like Congress and stuff. And like, you know, department of like the interiors, like shut him down 
And and he's a guy that, I mean, he's written multiple books and they're all just massive and they're all these accounts. And, you know, maybe maybe only 50% are true. Well, I mean, that's a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But one of the interesting things that we also see is not only are there huge concentrations of people that go missing in national parks, but you also overlay that with like the amount of like cave systems in the U.S. And I mean, they're, they're right on top of each other. It's the exact same stuff. Yeah. And so and it's like, that's is it kind a of hollow earth thing? Like that, that heat map type idea, right? Yeah, where right. These patterns that exist of locations where this happens really, really frequently. And it's like, okay, well, is it an old, you know, you think about places like Pennsylvania mm-hmm. where, I mean, there are places of real, real dense forest and stuff and old abandoned coal mines and things like that where it's like super dangerous. You hear about people falling into these old mine shafts, right? Mm-hmm. Which is right. just terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, so sure, I'm sure that like a fraction plays a part of that. But mm-hmm. like at the same time, you know, it's very intriguing to me in terms of just it being an unsolved kind of mystery and even if there were no supernatural element to it, mm-hmm. I would think like, but still, like, what's going on here? It, it's just, yeah. it's very, it's very strange. The fact that these locations exist mm-hmm. and kind of coming all the way back to the mystery spots, does it have something to do with these invisible forces that are in higher concentration in a lot of these places? Window areas. Yeah, window areas. Take you know, if, if you, yeah, if you, if you, you know, and man, we we really need to. I, I think we need to have on our website like our recommended reading, mm-hmm. and it's just a list of books that we recommend because reading about Skinwalker Ranch is is that book is incredible. Yeah, whether or not it's not look most of these things that we talk about, but certainly also the books that we recommend. Mm-hmm. This is not us saying you need to read this because you're going to be convinced. It's mm-hmm. it's it's more than that. It's interesting because no matter what things are being reported, there are strange areas that have some sort of anomalies going on. These mystery spots on the fun side of things are really cool to visit and think about. But then like on the darker side of things, Mm -hmm. you know, there are things happening as well. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. Before we end though, I want to bring up two things. So we did have this sort of interesting sort of, I don't know, event that we all kind of witnessed as a family. So the first few days we stayed at this place called Under Canvas. And if you haven't checked out Under Under Canvas, they're awesome. It's kind of like glamping. But uh, I I believe there's there's one in most, if if not all, like the national parks. But it's this like really awesome sort of like canvas, like, uh, like safari tent kind of set up inside the tent. You know, you have like a toilet, you have like a pull chain, like shower, like a pull out bed. It, it's it's really, really nice. And you're still kind of camping, you know, they always have like really cool activities. Every evening there's like a big bonfire and everybody does s'mores and it's super cool. But we stayed there for the first few nights and then we went to this cabin slash house that uh, my wife Courtney found for us and it was beautiful. It was over near sort of like the hungry horse area, whitefish mm-hmm. area, actually kind of close to Flathead Lake, which I was going to bring up on this episode, but I think we need to save it for another episode. So one of the biggest cryptids in Montana is the Flathead Lake monster. Mm-hmm. 
And it's fascinating. It's kind of a Nessie kind of thing, which may or may not actually have like antlers, wow. which is even more weird, which yeah. is why I love it. But uh, we're going to cover that on its own episode because it's it's pretty awesome. But yeah, Montana has a ton of stuff. It's just, you know, just gorgeous land, you know, mountainous and green everywhere. And, you know, you just like, there's this place called, um, this sort of road in Glacier Park called Going to the Sun Road. And I've got to say, it's probably the most beautiful little stretch of road that you'll ever go through. I mean, it's just, you're just going, yeah, through these like river or these like sort of mountain pass and like, man, it's just awesome. We saw a grizzly cross the road, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. We saw a huge bull moose while we were there, Mm -hmm. just sort of grazing in the water. He kept going down. We learned, we took this boat ride. We found out, a little trivia, do you know that moose can dive 18 feet down into the water? I did not until you told me that. <laughs> it's crazy. Let me tell you, on a list of, and it's a pretty short list, of things that I may not ever want to experience in real life. Mm, yeah, Witnessing, dude. being, just swimming around. Hey, man, I'm trying to cool off. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing a couple laps in the lake here. And I just, you know, oh, I'm going to dive down for a second. And then I just see some moose underwater yeah. swimming around. Yeah. No, thank you. Well, they're kind of known for like eating, you know, the vegetation, you know, on the water of like Which lakes. Which is super and, cool. Super yeah, cool. it's amazing. And we got to see this just, I mean, this thing was massive. Like I could fit on its like horns. Like it was so big. But on the St. Mary Lake, uh, another little bit of trivia was they have this like little tiny island called Goose Island. And as soon as we went by it, I was like, man, that looks really familiar. Like, what is that from? And another bit of trivia, you find out that it is this little tiny island in the middle of a lake that was the opening scene from the movie The Shining. So ah, that was really cool. Yeah. yeah. But one of the weird things that we sort of encountered while we were there, so every morning in the backyard of this cabin, there was these sort of chairs set up, and we'd have coffee, and I would have my sugar-free Red Bull, and we would just sort of stare at this beautiful, you know, giant mountain. You know, and again, we 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 would do this every single day. So we had a, a pretty good consensus of how all that looked, you know. And we're talking like a mountain that has no, you know, there's no houses. You know, you couldn't really see like anybody like camping or hiking or anything like that. Like it's pretty, it's kind of, it's outside of Glacier Park. So it wasn't like a uh, I mean, I guess somebody could be there. But anyway, you know, I'm, I'm reading this book, which is actually pretty awesome. It's Demon Days by Peach Momoko. It's a Marvel book. It's pretty awesome, and i got to let you borrow it. But, it sounds um, great, but stop reading it and read one piece, for God's sakes. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Okay, um, Anyway, so I look up, and there's this massive, like, shining— and this is in the morning. It's probably around, like, 9 or 10 in the morning. There's this massive, like, shining, sort of glimmering thing— like close to the top of the mountain and I'm like what is that and it just stays there and so I go inside and I get the binoculars and like you can kind of see there's like there's no movement but it's just this like I mean it almost looks like it's like glowing even though it's Mm. in the daytime like it doesn't really look like it's reflection off of anything I mean I don't I mean maybe it could have been but I don't know how since you know we sat out there every single morning, you know, and this mm-hmm. is the first day it happened. Well, over the course of like 
I would say like 10 minutes. You, we saw, and my wife saw it, my kids saw it. We were all like looking through the binoculars to see it better. It just slowly started getting like, like dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And then it was just gone. So I have, no, I have no idea what that was. Come to find out when we went to the mystery spot, Joe told us that that mountain is actually kind of known for like tons of like UFO sightings and stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty Man, cool. That is really cool. Now, let yeah. me tell you something that happened to me the other day. Okay. And again, I'm not saying, it's just like, I always talk about, man, none of this kind of stuff happens to me. For the most part, I'm relatively thankful for that. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I was running early in the morning. And I was having one of those moments where it was just a great morning run. I mean, you wouldn't be able to relate to that. But I think maybe a lot of our listeners out there kind of have the self-motivation to get out the door and do something. Dude, I walk anyway, every I, day. I just at don't the run nursing home? That. At the I, nursing home you stay in? Okay, listen. Come on, Grandpa. Let's okay, Grandpa. Anyway, don't get me off track here. Basically, I'm running. Uh, and if you're a runner and you know those kind of moments where everything kind of just like falls into place and you're, those endorphins are just rushing through your body and you're just kind of like, you're able to kind of let your, let your mind wander a little bit and you're just, you know, thankful for whatever it is. And... You know, the sun was shining. It was just beautiful, right? The sun's actually just coming up, and it's still kind of relatively dark out. Well, I had my music low enough to where I could kind of hear what was going on around me. And I live in a, in a neighborhood that's on uh, a lake, but then on the other side of it, it's a lot of woods and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so there's oftentimes families of, of deer that I see every morning and, you know, wildlife, raccoons, geese, I mean, all kinds of things. Yeah. Well... As I was coming up this, like, hill, I heard this, like, knocking. Mm. And I, you know, of course, immediately, I'm just kind of, like, looking around. I stop what I'm doing. I take my headphones out of my ears, and I'm just looking around. I'm like, come on. And you immediately and called Ann to come pick you up. No, no. I'm like, I need you to come pick me up. There's something stalking <laughs> me. I've sharded. No, but it was, like, early enough to where nobody, it's not, no one's doing any construction. It might be like 7 o'clock in the morning, maybe 6.45. And I heard it again. But it was a little bit deeper in the woods than it was before. Like tree knocks? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of, man. I, you know, it was something that I'd never really like heard before, but it was, yes, it sounded like it was on a tree, and it was like, knock, 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 and then like, dun, 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 dun. Mm -hmm. and that was it. Didn't hear it again. And so I was just thinking, man, what if there's a Bigfoot in these woods? Dude, I, I've heard that one time, and it was whenever my wife and I first got married. We were in that, like, tiny little trailer down in the middle of the woods, which would probably be a pretty good spot for Bigfoot because it's just all woods. And it was like we just finished a movie, some movie that was terrible. It had Mark Ruffalo in it. can't remember the name. But as, as we were, like, turning it off, getting ready to go to bed, we heard, like, the same kind of thing. And it just sounded like somebody was just, like, like, I mean, I like to believe that there was some sort of, like, pattern, but it just sounded like somebody was just wailing on a tree with, like, a giant stick or something. Yeah, it's very bizarre, man. And That's I don't, weird. you know, it wasn't like a woodpecker sound. I'm, you know, familiar with that. It wasn't, mm -hmm. to me, like, sometimes you can hear some squirrel noises and you can hear some stuff, like a squirrel, like, slamming a, a you know, a nut into the tree kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that. It was something bigger and more, like, 
resonant and and mm-hmm. sort of a, it was certainly deeper. It was a yeah. significant size, whatever it is that was banging against the tree, fist, rock, whatever it was. So anyway, very strange. Well, real quick before we move on, I, and I was going to save this till the end. So I don't really talk about you know any sort of anomalous things you know that happen like within my own house. That's sort of where I draw the line, you know, because of my sort of past sort of stuff with like mm-hmm. orbs and stuff. You know, when it comes to like where you live, especially like, you know, where you and your family live, like, I think it's just probably best to like kind of, that's sort of off limits, you know, because I feel like you you sort of possibly could like welcome things, mm-hmm. and, you know, with with so much intention and like, you know, thought put into stuff, it kind of gives things like power. And so I don't really talk about this stuff, but I did have something that I mentioned on the show uh, a while back where I like breathed like smoke, which was odd. I have no idea what that was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still, still vaping. Still have no idea. I know I wasn't I was vaping. In there just being like, this one tastes like <laughs> grape soda. <laughs> Check it out. I can do donuts. And uh, then he just passes out. Uh, <laughs> No, it wasn't. That was still weird, and I'm kind of disappointed that no one has still written in saying that they've encountered something like that. But this is equally, maybe even more weird. So it was the day before my youngest daughter, Elliot, went to school. And so her and I were in the studio, and they love to come in my studio and, like, sit in this, like, big comfy chair in the corner. And, like, you know, she was on her iPad with, like, headphones on. So I'm working... And I have like one, one head or like one AirPod in and I'm working and I kid you not, like it sounded like it was right behind my head. And before you say exploding head syndrome or anything like that, no, 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 it wasn't that at all. It, it sounded like somebody popped a balloon in the middle of our room. So much so that like Elliot and I both like, like, you so know, you did, both heard it? Yeah, we both heard okay. it. Like, it, it freaked her out so much that she, like, immediately sort of, you know, you know, pulled, like, the cover up and, like, looked at me, like, wide-eyed, like, like you know, we're both in sort of defensive posture, like, you know, you, your shoulders hunch up and you're like, is something going to, like, hit me? Like, is, is a tree falling through the roof? Is, like, you know, you just don't know what it was. It was the loudest pop and it, it was in the middle of our room. Weird. Yeah, and I cannot, I cannot figure out what it would be. I went up. Meanwhile, in the attic. there's a meanwhile there's a power strip underneath your desk that's just like. Black I checked all. Nope. I checked all that. I checked. I immediately was like, oh god, man. And like, you didn't smell like like smoke. No, 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 nothing, like, nothing. I checked out every single outlet in my studio because I have like my pedal board, my amps, and stuff. And I was like, oh god, please tell me like something crazy didn't some sort of electrical thing. Nothing like that. There was nothing anywhere. Uh, walked around to every single room thinking like, well, maybe there was like a, maybe like one of the girls like balloons from Elliot's birthdays was like under a bed or something. But it just, it was literally like right behind us. Like right behind, it would have, it sounded like it was just right behind my head. And yeah. we just, we cannot figure it out. Like it was super weird and uh, I don't know. I, I looked it up, and like some people have mentioned, kind of experiencing the same thing, but nobody really knows. You know, immediately That's everybody's wild. like, "Oh, it's a ghost." And it's like, well, I mean, initially, if you hadn't told me that Elliot also heard it, 
you know, one time I flying a ton internationally, mm-hmm. my ears would get stopped up sometimes, especially if I had like an, a cold or some sort of infection or anything. They would get stopped up and then like days later, dude, like I would have a hard time hearing people because it was just like, there's nothing I could do to pop them. Then mm-hmm. days later, it'd be like, I would hear audibly so loud that I thought, man, did everybody else hear that? It would be like, and and then mm-hmm. everything kind of just like would open up and I could hear. Yeah. And so initially I thought, well, maybe you just had like a, you know, an eardrum bust or something. I mean, I oh, no. Knows, right? No, it was, it was like super loud. It sounded kind of like a balloon, like. You see, like, this is what happens when we start talking about crazy stuff on the show. <laughs> stuff starts coming after us. I know, I know. We're going to, ch- you know, next, look, next week, we're going to talk about just, some, like, can we, let, let me something talk about nice. like a movie or something. Yeah, like, like the F-Zero something game. nice. You know, Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah, um, now you're talking. <laughs> before we go, I've got to say thank you so much to our good pal, Matt Man. He sent me a birthday package and it is everything, you know, someone who grew up in the 80s, it's everything that you would want in a package. There was a boomerang. Sure. There was these, like, chocolate snacks, which I've got to give you some because... Well, awesome. you can keep the chocolate, I'm, I'm, but, like, the boomerang, I've never been more jealous in my life. I know, dude. Now, it's I will say that amazing. he also reached out to me and said that I, he, there's some things in there for me, so I'm going to wait oh. and see what you say in terms of how that lines up with what he says. Go ahead. That's weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, boomerang that looks like it was sort of like, you know, primitive painting, like aboriginal, kind of like, it's amazing. He sent a little jar of Vegemite. Nice. And he also told me how to prepare it so it's not as salty. What's his method? Oh, not as salty. The salty is awesome. You just got to take it in smaller, like you get a piece of toast. That's what he said. He said it's piece of toast, butter, and yeah. a little bitty, tiny bit, and then you really like spread it out because it tastes like pure salt. It does taste like pure salt, but here's the thing. When you are in fourth and fifth grade mm-hmm. and you have a massive crush on an Australian girl down the road nice. named Kim Brumby, yeah. you try whatever she, that she loved it. I'm going to try it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> good. I just, I have a taste for it. I, I liked it. <laughs> well, I, I think the odd part is when you unscrew it, it looks like you unscrew the cap. It looks like, it looks almost like Nutella. Right, right. It's so dark. I think, yeah, I think that's where the disconnect is because you're, you immediately think like, oh, it's going to be like sweet and like chocolatey <laughs> almost. Yeah, I guess. And boy, well, it is not, it is not at all. Yeah, it's a savory, savory flavor. <laughs> yeah. A savory meaning like it's like a salty well, just yeah. put, it's the salty flavor. Yeah. He gave me this like old school, like Grindel, like apron thing, this like two of his comics. Yeah, um, he, said, he said, tell Tyler not to eat all the biscuits. And one of those comics is for me. Is what he said. See, I was, I was being honest. I told you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just awesome. <laughs> Super cool. I'm so thankful for our fans and friends that we've made along the way. And thank you so much, Matt. It was really cool and... But look, you don't even have to send it. I mean, believe me, we love it when when you guys reach out and want our address to send us stuff. That's incredible. We've gotten some incredible things over the years. Mm -hmm. But you don't even have to do that to make us feel amazing. We also got a message this week. Well, we get uh, get a lot of messages from listeners, but this week, one from uh, somebody named Pat. I just got to say, man, you guys never know, just as I think all, all of us, right? You never know what somebody's going through. 
at any given time uh, or day of the week, mm-hmm. right? And right. so when you guys take the, the, the time out of your day to reach out to us, just to give us some words of encouragement or to thank us for, you know, what we do for the show and all that, I cannot stress enough how much it means to both of us, man. It's incredible yeah. and it's just the best part of waking up. It's, you know, folders in your cup. Yeah, yeah, yep. there it is, right by the water. Well, if you'd like to find us, you can over at Instagram. Feel free to drop us a message or a comment or shoot us a DM. If you want to tell us about your own sort of cryptid encounter or ghost story or urban legend in your in your local sort of area, if it's more long form, send it over to thatwouldberadpod at gmail.com. Or even better, if you're okay with recounting your own kind of story or video game you'd like us to cover or obscure movie that was has been lost to time from the 80s, you can do that directly into a voice memo that's on our website, which is thatwouldberadpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. On the, podcast, or on the website, you can listen to the show. You can leave us five-star reviews. You can do all the things that like help so much get us in front of new ears and new listeners. Go out there, tell a single friend about the show. It does wonders. And uh, I guess that's about it. Anything else, Woody? I think that's it, man. Oh, and again, we will cover some more stuff as far as like cryptids and stuff from Montana because there were there were like a good bit of like really cool stuff. But since we did so many sort of cryptid heavy stories over the course of Camp Rat Strangeness International, which we had a blast doing, you know, we're kind of kind of getting a little loose again and kind of catching up on just regular conversation that, mm-hmm. you know, we've we kind of been saving for the show. So, so we love you. We appreciate you. And as always, be rad. That's the way it
needed some sunshine You were already dead before you became a ghost You always said our future would be a parade of flowers But now all that's left is a single rose That's the way Okay, good to go. Nice. So here's a working title that I just came up with. Okay. The Mystery Spot, or Mystery Spots, Face Eaters, and The Glimmer Man. I mean, I, well, I don't know about Glimmer Man, because I really do want to do a full episode. Okay. But, but maybe, maybe we bring it up. Yeah, I mean, just. And and then when we do it again, we'll just do like. The Glimmer Man episode. The Glimmer Man episode, yeah. Okay, cool. Um. Anything in your life before? <laughs> 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 